I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello. This is Polly. You're listening to Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about practical ways to live well, do good, and be happy. And by practical, I mean things that even I can do. And if I can do them, you can too. In fact, the thing we're talking about this week, imposter syndrome, is something I have been really dealing with all week long and probably will again. It's it's the nature of it sometimes, the nature of being human. But I thought you might relate to it too. So we'll work through it today. This last week, I've been working on a huge writing project. I've been working on it for several months, but this last week, it was really getting to me, getting challenging. And I was having these big, overwhelming feelings of self-doubt, right? I'm in the final push of this project, and and it's demanding and interesting and scary. And there's always a few points along the way, whenever I'm doing anything creative, where I have the sense that I'm a fraud, that I got lucky, that I landed here by mistake, and people are going to now figure it out and call me out as an imposter. Have you ever felt that way? Most of us have. According to psychologists, more than 70% of us have felt this kind of imposter syndrome, they call it, this kind of insecurity, this kind of inadequacy, like we're just on the cusp of being found out. The term imposter syndrome was coined in the 1970s by psychologists Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes, and I write about it in my book, Imperfect Spirituality, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, because it's the condition where people experience a kind of phoniness, Um, and the people who feel this way the most tend to be the most conscientious, responsible, hardworking people overall. Isn't that interesting? The people that are really in the trenches doing the work and putting out the consistent effort to learn and do well, they're conscientious and reliable and want to do a good job, are the ones that feel the greatest self-doubt. The people who are most successful, according to our traditional terms of uh, doing well in their job and, and making a living, feel this more acutely than the people who aren't applying themselves the same way. Imposter syndrome is that voice in your head that implies you somehow slipped through. You got in because nobody noticed. You got the job because of who you knew, but you don't belong there. Or that you just got lucky. And then you live with a certain amount of fear that you're going to be exposed. If we don't examine those feelings... They can really catch us up and leave us feeling anxious and full of self-doubt. And they can keep us from really living with our gifts and talents and skills and keep us from learning more, right? I mean, this week, I'll give you a good example. I was working on a chapter and I just couldn't get it to work. And I knew it wasn't working. And I felt incredible pressure because I want to do good work and I'm on a deadline and, and I'm, you know, working very long days to make this happen. And at the end of the day, I, I read the work I'd done and I'm just like, this is baloney. Nobody is going to read this. This is a mess. What am I doing here? How did I land here? And what are people going to think when they read this? I had to go sleep on it. 
<laughs> I had to get out of the office. That came after a very long day. And when I came back in the morning, I could see the challenges with the work and I could also see the good points because rarely is it ever one thing, right? One thing with writing is we can revise it and make it better. And that's a huge part of the writing process. So now I've got it to a place where I like it. But there were a few days in there where I was really doubting myself. And it's hard to get anything done. It's hard to get the small wins, the incremental pieces of progress where we feel like we're moving forward. And it's hard to get out of that anxiety that can come from that. You know what I'm talking about? I bet you do. I think many of us have felt that way. But we don't have to stay stuck in that. And that's what I want to talk about today. So if you're feeling like a fraud, whether it comes to parenting or your workload, or I know many parents are going through it now as they're trying to help their kids at home through remote learning. Maybe you are producing art or cooking a dinner for the in-laws or whatever it is you're doing, any project or anything that's meaningful to you, chances are you've had a moment or two where you felt less than, not good enough. What can we do when we're in that spot? All right. Well, one thing we know to do or not to do, as it may be, is to stop comparing ourselves to other people. You know, often when we're feeling inadequate, we lift our heads up and we start looking around. We think, oh, that mother has it all together or that son-in-law is a good one or she's a better writer than me or he's a better artist than I am. Whatever it is, we can always find people that are better at any one thing and maybe not so good at other parts, but we're not looking at that, right? When we go for comparison, we're looking at people who seem to have got it together and then we judge ourselves against that example. How can we ever compete? How can we ever be as cool as she is, right? That just gets us in trouble. In the beginning as a mother, I was like, how the heck am I going to do this? I had this little toddler running around, very strong-minded little kid, and everyone else was so clean. (laughs) I remember thinking that I'd go out to these events or these open gyms with my little kid, and I was sticky, and I had um, sticky fingerprints on me or spit up, and we could barely get dressed and get a clean diaper on and head out the door and these other mothers were showing up with this great hair and beautiful makeup and clean clothes. (laughs) I was looking around thinking, wow, I do not have it together. I, this is a complete mistake. I'm a complete fraud as a mother. I'm going to screw everything up for the rest of my daughter's life. And Really, the only way through that is to stop comparing, to look at where you're at and what you're doing, not in terms of what you're not doing well, but in terms of where you started and what you've gained. Because in the course of a day, in the course of a project, in the course of a life, we have these incremental gains. We are succeeding. We're adding to and enhancing our lives. So stop comparing, start being present to what you're creating and do the best you can do in that moment, right? That's one way to start dealing with this imposter syndrome. And as part of that, we have to choose a growth mindset, right? It used to be in the olden days when I was born that scientists believe our brains and our intellect were static. 
like we were born with what we were born, all the skills and talents and abilities, and we were either smart or we weren't. We were either talented or we weren't. So if you got lucky and had a high intellect, high, had a high IQ, then you'd be set for life. But what they know now is that's wrong. Our brains are developing and growing throughout our lives. And when we adopt a growth mindset, and that is the belief that we can develop and improve as our lives continue, we actually do those things. So if you're truly feeling like a fraud, okay, understand that feeling, but know too that you have all you need to learn and grow and continue developing in this moment. You might not ever be the best. You might not be the greatest basketball player on the planet or the best guitarist or the greatest artist, but you can be pretty good and you can grow from where you are right now. When you are focused on that growth and improvement and learning, when you see your failures or your inadequacies, not as mistakes, but as chances to improve, you actually do those things. You actually do get better and improve. So when I put down the writing for the night and was just feeling so inadequate and like such an imposter and I came back the next morning, I came back with my mindset, my growth mindset, which was, okay, whatever I did yesterday, I'm going to work with it today. I'm going to make it better today. And I did. That really happened. When you're doing good work and you can feel that in your body and your brain, then it's harder to feel like an imposter. So stop comparing yourself to other people. Start looking at your time today in terms of your growth, your improvement, where you started and what you've gained. And that growth mindset will actually help you deliver and feel more confident in your abilities. And then as part of that, own your success, be accountable and be accountable to your failures, right? You have to be willing and able to step up and in to a clear evaluation of where you're at and what you're doing. Now, again, that doesn't mean you can't get better, but you need to know where you're starting and you need to be accountable to that. We're all going to make mistakes and those are chances to get better. So I like that growth mindset perspective on this. But when you're accountable to your failures, when you take responsibility for how you spend your time, what you're doing, the good, the bad, the mistakes, then here's the key. You also get to own your success. You do not need to feel like an imposter when you're making progress, right? So be accountable for your failures and own your success. It's okay to accept the compliment. You didn't get lucky, you got prepared. And then people notice and you got an opportunity that you're making the most of, right? It's okay to enjoy your good fortune. You've worked for it, you own it, you belong, you're not an imposter. But because you're accountable to your mistakes or failures, you can also enjoy your success and the good things that come, right? You have something to offer, know what that is and own that, okay? All right. And here's another way to counteract those feelings of self-doubt that come with imposter syndrome. And this is a way that I'm not all that good at, but I'm working on it. The growth mindset at work here, but I'm getting better at this. And that is to ward off those feelings of fraud and to stop feeling like an imposter. You must stop overthinking. Become present to what's going on right now. Stop overthinking. That's the part I'm not good at. I get in in these worrisome thoughts, right? And they ruminate and they churn around and churn around. So of course you're, look at what you just wrote. That's terrible. Nobody's going to read this. You'll never write again. And and I get the self-doubt really cycling through. It's time to step in and intervene 
Give yourself an intervention, right? Stop those ruminating thoughts. Stop overthinking. And the best way to do that is to become present to what is now. The way I do that when I catch myself is to really just, I put my hands flat on the desk where I stand up and I just use all my senses to root myself in the present moment. So I'll feel the, the flat, smooth texture on the desk and I'll pay attention to what I'm hearing and the way the light is coming in through the window and the way the chair feels when I sit in it, how my feet settle on the floor. I'll pay attention to what I'm hearing, what I'm smelling in the air, the, the ink or the paper or whatever it is. When I am really focused in my environment, when I use all my senses to really become focused in where I am at this moment, I don't have time to worry. I, I can't get upset about it because I cannot focus on anything beyond where I am at the present moment. And that is a quick way for me to disengage from those ruminating thoughts. The same is true with the work. When I really let myself get into the work, when I set aside time and I have a chance to really focus on the page in front of me, there's no space for anything left. The doubts can't exist because there's no room for them. So become mindful Tap into all your senses, notice what you're noticing, become present, and take a deep breath. Help re-engage your thoughts in a more productive way, get out of that self-doubt, and get busy again. Make sense? Stop overthinking. That's the part I'm not so good at. Become present. I'm getting better at that because it just feels so much better. It's disengaging from this negative, out-of-control sense into something that's more grounded and rooted, and I can work with that. Okay. Another way studies show to deal with imposter syndrome is to join a club or a group or connect with others outside of your profession or peer group, people that think you're awesome, right? Research by Richard Gardner, Jeffrey Bedner, and others show that social connection can help us feel accepted and not as lame. My words are not there right? When you are with people that think you have something to offer, you begin to believe it yourself. That feels good. It feels validating. And it's hard to feel like a fraud when you're bringing value, when you feel you have something to contribute. So join a club or a group or connect with others outside of your job, outside of your regular network, and feel more confident. And finally, um, Tap into the self-compassion. I talk about this a lot on the show, and it's something that I wasn't good at at all until I saw the extreme benefits of really treating yourself kindly, treating everyone kindly, but especially ourselves. When we can identify our strengths and our weaknesses, when we can be accountable to our mistakes and our blunders, when we can atone for them or apologize or understand them, then we are free to move on. So if you really are feeling like a fraud because you made some mistake or you blew it, be accountable to that. Fix it if you need to. Apologize if you need to. And then give yourself a break. People who access their self-compassion regularly feel better and they're also more productive. They're free to explore and try again. They get back to work because they aren't as afraid of making mistakes. It's hard when we make a mistake if we're afraid of being found out or if we're berated for that mistake or if we're beaten up on ourselves, right? I used to be super 
self-critical. That didn't get the job done and it didn't make me feel any better. But when we can lighten up a little bit, deal with the mistake or the error, take responsibility for it, and then forgive ourselves and recognize that we're human, that everybody makes mistakes, then we are free to go on. And we usually go on to be more productive and to learn from the air so we don't make the same mistake twice. That's part of that growth mindset again, right? So be gentle with yourself. Act with self-compassion. If you're feeling like a fraud, really spend a moment there and say, oh, I am feeling like a fraud. I, I This has happened and I feel awkward and insecure. And I know that that's part of being alive and human and I can work with this and I'm going to keep going despite those feelings, right? Self-compassion, go easy. And along those lines, that brings us to the Simply Nifty segment today. And this is one of my favorite things so far, right? And I want you, a friend posted this on on their Facebook and the performance really gave me chills. So I'm going to drop this on my Facebook page and in the newsletter. So if you want to link to this, join the newsletter at Polly Campbell Author. Uh, or you can tweet me and I'll, with your email and I'll add you to the list. And that's at PL Campbell. Join the newsletter or check out my Facebook page. I'm going to post a link there to this. And this is a fantastic performance by Kiala Settle. And she was in The Greatest Showman. She was the bearded lady in The Greatest Showman. And this is a clip of her rehearsing the song this is me which is really the anthem of the show and it's so inspiring and and so empowering but she talks about in this clip before she sings how hard it was for her to come out from behind the music stand and really own her talent and belt out this song and she did it and it was beautiful and awesome and amazing and um, it's quite a performance so I want you to go watch it you can find it on YouTube search for Kiela Settle singing this is me it's the rehearsal clip or you can come to my Facebook page at Polly Campbell author or tweet me at PL Campbell and I will have it there for you to link to simply nifty I think we can all relate to Kiela's song and her vulnerability because we're all going to have those feelings of inadequacy. This is me. This is us, right? It's part of human nature. But we don't have to stay stuck in those belief patterns that really sabotage our success. Instead, we can notice them, take a few of these tips that we talked about today, and move forward. So simply start today. Let's do this. Today, I want you to become aware of this feeling of inadequacy or self-doubt. Then I want you to treat yourself with self-compassion. Relax, be gentle with yourself and choose a growth mindset. Know that there are some things you're not good at and there are others that you're fantastic at. So for those things you're not as good at, you can learn and improve, right? You can be accountable for your success and your failures and move forward. And when those ruminating thoughts really take hold like they have in me at times, I want you to just settle down with your growth mindset and get rooted in the present moment. Use all your senses to tap into where you are right now. Take a deep breath and get started again. Because you didn't get lucky. You created an opportunity for yourself based on your talent and your skills and and your personality and your strengths. And it's okay to own that. We have got this. Listen, we need to stop talking about it now and get going in the direction we want to go. 
Whether it's baby steps or big leaps toward finishing the book or learning watercolor or learning the recipe, stepping into the role of manager or motherhood, whatever it is, go all in. Give it your best. Be willing to adopt and improve and change. But the best way to overcome any feelings of self-doubt is sit down and get to work. When we get busy doing things that are meaningful to us and recognize that everyone deals with moments of self-doubt, we can help each other and be kind to ourselves. And that will help us all live well, do good, and be happy. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.